Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee and Santa Fe, New Mexico. You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by the Druid City Brewing Company, the finest suds in all of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where there's always free parking for a home game like this week. Just tell the Boy Scouts to come to the brewery and slide right into that free-ass spot. I'm Greg Dawkins. He's Ellis Metz. And this week, I'm bitter. Bitter, Gregory. Do tell me why. I'm about to. First, we weren't funny last week. So we apologize, heroes, for the lack of funny. But this week, nothing but funny. And frankly, nothing funnier than debilitating injury, if you ask me. A hero took a fall, if you will. Shout out to the Bengals song and Susanna Haas, who is still banging at 60 years old. Anyway, it wasn't me, the notorious faller, if you can believe it. No, for once, it was me. Tell us, Nancy. Surely you injured yourself in a manly way, roping calf, rescuing a damsel. What did you do? Well, I was ice skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of zigged when I should have zagged. Skate got stuck, spun around, fell down. There was crunching. There were bones. There were ligaments. And now, uh, beginning tomorrow, I'm going to be that guy with screws in his legs setting off alarms wherever I go. And people ask why I have to make up some story. Because I can't tell them that I suffered a lifelong injury on an ice skating rink. So you weren't like doing tricks and flips? Uh, well, no, no. I, I just landed the triple sow cow and was kind of spinning into. Uh, no, no, I can't. So, okay. Well, that's a cool story, bro. Anyway, uh, your tide took to the gridiron last week against the South Carolina backdoor coverers. And emerged with a 47-23 win, a 24-point win, not a 25-point win. That matters to some people anyway. Do you have any takeaways? My takeaway is that Najee Plato. Uh, you know, he said in the offseason he was going to stop hurdling people, much to this program's chagrin. We were on the record against no hurdling, very pro-hurdling. And he was just going to run the ball, but then he was all, no, nah, I'm still going to hurdle this fool. And then he dragged another fool into the end zone. I think play of the year so far in college football. And here comes the political portion of the podcast. Covering your ears, listener, Carol. We're about to get lefty AF. He did the Megan Rapino pose after it, and it was awesome. And mostly it was awesome because it freaked out the white trash. Okay, listener, Carol, we're sticking to football now, so you can tune back in. But, yeah, the offense looks like the offense look. I'm going to keep beating the drum that sooner or later we're going to have to play somebody with a good secondary. We'll have to run the ball, but or, or if, you will, if, you, if you will allow, run the damn ball. But last Saturday was not that day. Your boy Tua had himself a day throwing from 444 yards and five touchdowns, which I believe is a career high for him. But, again, only 76 yards on the ground. But a W is a W, so take it and move on. Yeah, and were this a knowledgeable podcast, I would know how long that Najee run was, but figure it was 20, 25. So then the game, we're looking at 50 yards. Uh, not not yeah. great, but after the game, I thought Saban's comments were pretty telling. I mean, he 
He said sort of unabashedly that this is our offense now. This is who we are. It's hard for us long time gone. We're past the damn I know, I know. We're going to need a new chant. That's exactly what I was getting. Right. Well, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, okay. I guess that's it. Uh, But So the run game is sort of causing identity crisis with us gumps. I think on the field, the team's identity is becoming a little clearer, at least on offense. But Gregory, a defense, though. Bruh. Allowed a 300-yard passer, a not just a, like a first-string pass. He's not Jake Bentley. Jake Bentley kind of sucked anyway, but this is the, the guy who stepped in for Jake Bentley. So he's a second-string passer, and he carved us up for 300 yards, and they hit a 100-yard rusher too. Not good, Bob. Uh, not, not great, Bob, some would say. <laughs> right? I actually – I thought Helsinki was pretty impressive, and – is his name Helsinki, like Finland, really? How was it? Is that what it was? I don't Helsinki, know. Maybe? You said Helsinki. You're, you're, said well, you're talking about the reigning SEC freshman of the week here. Well, I, I didn't know he was named after Finland. I, I don't know. Of course, I cried on game okay. day hearing his story, which probably didn't help. Right. Always. Why do they do this? Um, I mean, I, you know, it's not like they moved the ball at will. But watching it, it felt like they did. They were kind of dinking and dunking, very sort of early 2000s tied. Uh, they picked up first on a few third and longs, and that's just not something I am accustomed to seeing at all. But considering how many freshmen we have playing, I guess this is kind of the new normal for now. My question to you, can the defense pick up their game? Well, I mean, that's – I mean, I don't know. but the But I will say this. The schedule sets up very nicely. Uh, USM this week, Ole Miss uh, next week, um, at which you know Ole Miss has a defense this year, but they don't have an offense. Mm-hmm. And then we get a conversation in three weeks and face Kellen Mond, the 13-year junior quarterback for the Aggies. Yes. So I don't, you know, I don't yeah. Know. And and quickly though, we should talk about there are rumors now that Terrell Lewis is suffering from something. Uh, right. LeBron Ray, our boy, the LeBron Tar Pit, is for an extended period of time. We have sources who have told us many things that are certainly true. <laughs> many people are saying true things to us about his injury. But, uh, our best guess is probably out for the season <laughs> or at least very, very late for him. So I think, uh, I don't know, do we, do we recover? Are we Oklahoma now? Uh, I don't know that we're Oklahoma because we don't have that. Uh, we don't have that system. I mean, look, uh, we weren't going to talk about this, but I'm going to. I want to talk about Jalen. I wish him all the best. I do. Don't get me wrong. However, uh, Jalen is just fitting into that system like two quarterbacks before him that won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, let's. I, I'm not against Jalen in any way. I wish him, like I said, I wish him the best. But he has found a system that, frankly, you and I could fit in and probably light up the scoreboard. So I'm not really sold on, you know, somebody was – I read something today that, you know, Jalen's going to be a, a, a world-beater NFL quarterback. Well, world-beater NFL quarterbacks usually show themselves in lesser offenses than what he has, you know. 
I, Eli Manning was at Ole Miss, and you could tell that dude, despite all of his problems late of late, you could tell Eli Manning was going to be a thing, even though he was at Ole Miss. You could tell Brett Favre. I'll get to that. Why? 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 You could tell Brett Favre was going to be a thing playing in Hattiesburg. Um, but put somebody in that offense, okay? Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Nobody's guaranteed. Baker Mayfield, who I love. But also, he stunk up the joint last week. So let's not, like, you know, sell ourselves down the river on what Jalen Hurts can do in the NFL because I ain't seen it yet. He's just the Oklahoma quarterback, and the Oklahoma quarterback does what the Oklahoma quarterback does. Very strong take, and I will pile onto that. Ah, well, you know you know what, Gregory? Ooh. I'm going to do a bit here. Are you going to do a bit? I think I, oh, I think I'm going to do the bit. Is this is is this the hot take prediction of the unpredictable time period or whatever the hell it is you call it? Girl, you know it is. God. Here it is. The hottest take of some unpredictable time period that is sure to come to pass. Tell us about it all, Messi. <laughs> the hottest take you are sure to hear during this arbitrary time period. And frankly, when we started recording, didn't have one because as I said, we're now three weeks into the season. It's time for my New segment of the year to go ahead and die a slow death and a painful, cringy death, as it always does. But I got a take now. Okay. And that is, it's not, it's the hottest. I don't say it's super hot, but it's the hottest you'll hear during this arbitrary time period. Uh, I don't know that there is a Heisman race at all before November. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated by last year's uh, treatment of Tua, who put together a beautiful season. And, you know, just like slightly turned downhill, I guess, in call it late November and in December and then had the Heisman stolen from him. I just so so I was thinking as you were talking about Jalen, in my mind, he's the front runner now. I think people want this three straight Oklahoma quarterbacks storyline. I think people like his personal story, like his personal brand. And he is incredibly impressive. Love the things Jalen is doing. Stand up, young man. Great for the program, as we've said. But uh, I, I guess I don't think it even matters discussing the Heisman at all right now because I don't think what he or Trevor Lawrence or Tua are doing today matters in any way. It's sort of reflective of the whole American electorate. Uh, and sorry, Carol, but I don't think anyone cares about anything that happened except for like four hours ago. So I'm gonna. I'm just not even gonna talk Heisman that's until good, December. Okay, that's a good point, and I've got a question for you about your hot take of this arbitrary time period. All no. right, right now, Tua has better numbers than Jalen. Everybody's you know got their pants down doing what they do about Jalen Hurts. Tua has better numbers than Jalen. Now, assuming that keeps up, I'm going to ask you this question: Is there a thing? called Oklahoma fatigue on the Heisman. Do they are they just gonna say any damn body but the Oklahoma quarterback can win the whole Heisman this year? I don't think I think for some reason it may be the opposite. Uh I don't know if it's because they haven't really done anything. You know, they've got a hot name coach right. slash hot coach. They've got <laughs> they've had some interesting storylines come through the quarterback position, obviously. Uh, I think people are sort of just fine with it, again, because they're not winning anything that truly matters. 
but it's kind of a neat little trend in some people's minds, I think. Huh, interesting. Okay, well, that was fantastic. Place your bet, ladies and gentlemen, on whatever that hot take was of this arbitrary time period. Anyway, the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles roll into Tuscaloosa on Saturday for yet another scorching 11 o'clock kick. Let me tell you something about the Golden Eagles, and that's the I hate them. I've always hate them, and I will hate them until my dying day. They are worse than black olives. They are worse than hard-boiled eggs. I'll tell you why. First of all, black olives and hard-boiled eggs, they both suck. They smell even worse than they taste. Do not at me about this thing. I'm right. But back to USM. First of all, my worst relative in the world went to school there. She's just a horrible woman, and I don't want to talk about it, but back to USM. Actually, that's pretty much it. Um, they beat us at home during Coach Bryant's last season, which is a dick move mm-hmm. by anybody's standard. Mm-hmm. And Favre beat us. I think they had a gimp leg at the time and still beat us or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever, had us burgers trash. God, Gregory, the place is already trash. You didn't need to do it like that. Uh, it is, I think, worth noting, though. We've had some talks about this. It's kind of a storied rivalry in some ways. It's a bizarre one. Yeah. What did you call it? I would give it that. A that, I mean, I, I would give Hattiesburg, the, the USM people, this. That, and I liked Jeff Bauer for this, and you know, they fired him because they're stupid. That it was very much, you know, we're USM, we'll play you any place, anytime, anywhere. Uh, and I dug that about them. I mean, they, you know, you know, if 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 the New England Patriots called up, they're like, what the hell? Let's go play them. Um, so I liked that they played us where they didn't have to. Um, so I, I, I dug that about him, but still, you know, beating Bryant his last year, what a dick. That is, no, that should never be spoken of. Is that Highway 40? Is that what you called it? It was uh, Highway 49 runs straight through Hattiesburg. Some call it the Highway of Hell. The Battle of Highway. <laughs> All right. There you go. On that note, Gregory, I think it's time. For Ask a Hero? Yes. Yes, it is. First up, listener Esther, who is... Frankly, the finest woman I've ever been drunk in a West Coast tiki bar with would like to know. Now that deserter Afonso is gone, and we're a little bitter about that, what happens to his school-issued Dodge Charger? It's always a sad day. You hate to see it. That thing's gone to the great Kenny Stabler car dealership in the sky. And dear God, that's true. But also, okay, another question. The Golden Knights have weighed in. Mr. C. Rob has a damn UCF question. Not everything is about you. Anyway, he wants to know if UCF runs the table, do they get in the playoff, or do we want to hear them whine about it for another year? I have literally never cared less about anything. That's a perfect answer. Uh, we mentioned USM. Let's talk about them. What do we know? Well, they're a whole lot more dangerous than it might appear right now, Gregory. They have a wide receiver by the name of Quez Watkins. Already scared of Quez mm-hmm. uh, back. And he showed why he's one of the best receivers you've ever you've never seen. Excuse me. With seven catches for 209 yards and two TDs so far. The offense is great on third downs. The passing is dangerous and can keep pushing the ball down the field. And there's some pop to worry about. Golden Eagles won't run the ball on the tide, but they should be able to keep pressing through the air for a full four quarters. And Gregory, I I hesitate to even bring it up because I know what these two words uh, can do in a gump's heart, but special teams, and I believe it's Watkins, who they put back there as well, who is just a freak returner. 
Uh, he's already got one or maybe two on the season. He's going to be a huge handful for uh, our boys on kick coverage. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, they have the pass rush to bother Tua. You know, he's shown a little slowness, dare I say, uh, this year. Typically tries to get the ball out of his hands in a hurry if we can sort of set the uh, the quick slants as we do. Uh, but I think he's going to take some shots against the defense with 11 sacks so far and pretty good consistency. But on the other hand, shout out to George Strait. That's the best I got. Wow. I know, right? Um. Anyway, the pass rush might be great, but the secondary has been rocky to be nice. That pass rush, I mean, the secondary shit, to be honest. Uh, it got dinked and dumped on to death by Mississippi State. Troy bombed away for 504 yards and four touchdowns, even though USM did pick up the win, 47-42. Bama should be able to go all Bama and strike quickly. The Golden Eagles, so far, can't seem to handle sharp, accurate passers, which, if you've been paying attention, we have. Um, that's a feature you might want to notice. Um, Southern Miss is was not all that bad in the loss to Mississippi State. It was 38-15. to but it couldn't hang on to the ball. They gave the ball away three times. The offense solved the issue against Troy, but turnovers are going to be an issue. Uh, Bama is second in the nation in turnover margin, uh, giving it up just once so far and a plus seven on the season. Still no knots, though. So I'd look for that to maybe change this week. If you can find a prop bet on a knot, I'd take it. Uh, your tie enters this matchup as a 39-point favorite. And finally, there are some games to look at this week. I hope everybody has a secondary housing plan. Oh, no. And I really wish you hadn't said that about the knots because I predicted a non-offensive touchdown last week for your Tide, and it still ain't happened. Anyway, Gregory, let's get on with the hates. Let's. So first up, the number 23 Golden Bears roll into Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Rebels. Cal is undefeated and ranked based solely on their upset of Washington. More important than that, Cal is an alum of the finest football game ever played, the 2018 Cheez-It Bowl. Let's recap. In the first half, there were six interceptions, but yet there were more to come. Two of these interceptions came on illegal passes. Now, due to these interceptions, TCU then put in a quarterback with a drop foot. That means he had no control over his foot. And you guessed it, he tried to run on it. Seeing that, TCU then put in the interception quarterback, who did have control of both of his feet. The game ended with eight interceptions, but then TCU put in what we know as a decoy kicker. A decoy kicker to thwart Cal's icing the kicker attempt. No matter, TCU beat Cal in this glorious game, 10 to 7. But anyway, as to this game, I'm sorry. That's just like what college to me. What a delightful flashback. Oh, my God. It's the best game ever played. But as mm-hmm. to this game, it's anywhere to the pick them to a Rebs minus four. I think it opened as a pick them. I think they people have the money has moved the money, moved the moved the line to four. I hate the Golden Bears here. The Rebs have a D, and all the Bears have is a fluke win. Uh, put your money on the Rebels. Hate the Golden Bears. What about you, pal? Well, it's important that you talk about the color of the bear here because you're hating a golden bear as opposed to a black bear. I Whoa. think I hating a golden bear in this one. The the bears of the black color just seem to be a little bit 
better of athletes is all I can really say. Uh, uh, all right. Are you being then, a racist right now? I think I think Ole Miss is a more athletic football team. You're a racist. Uh, You're a racist. That what came out. That was not where that was supposed to go at all. And I really <laughs> started this now. I needed to. Now we're racist. Great. We're going to get banned from everything. All right. And on that, listener Carol is back in. <laughs> right. <laughs> is it Carol, what's our friend's name? It was Carol. Yeah, she's about to. Okay, run. Carol's back back on the wagon. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Uh, no, I think I do think Ole Miss just has you know better football players, and Cal looks like total trash despite that Washington win, which someone is particularly bitter about, mm-hmm. and it's not. Uh, I I will hate a Cal Golden Bear here because you're a racist. Okay, next up, falls. Travel to Gainesville. There's a 12 and a half point line. Vols getting the points, Natch. But Florida's quarterback, Francois or Philippe or something, I don't know. I call him the butterfly. He is out with a gruesome injury of the lower extremity. Extremity. Who are you hating, Metsy? Now, this one is fascinating to me because yeah. I'm tying the gruesome Felipe Frank injury back to UT athletic director Philip Fulmer. And for any any listener who listened last week, shout out to listener Fred. Hey, Fred. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, I think Fulmer has this devious plan that he's putting into work to become uh, Jeremy Pruitt's replacement and ultimately the head football coach again at his alma mater in Knoxville. Uh, I think with Franks on the field, Tennessee actually wins this game. I think they probably roll in as, you know, two touchdown dogs. But I think he was that bad that they would have gotten hyped up and had a few nice plays that probably swung all the momentum. I think they could have done it. Uh, After watching last week what this Trask kid did and uh, came in and beat Kentucky, I kind of, I'm on the Gator train right now. I've hated a Gator all season, but now hating a Vol hard. Right. Kyle Trask is up at the task. Can I rhyme, bitches? Um, no, seriously, that was poetry. Uh, Florida runs the ball well. Vols can't keep anybody off the field. Clown Shoes Mullen will limit Trask with the easy throws and run it down the Vols' throat and hopefully choke them to death. Like dead. I, yeah, I'm hating a I'm, I'm hating a ball. Okay, I like a dead ball there. Right. Um, one quick one. I want just your hottest... Hottest quick fire, hot, hot quick fire here. Uh, uh, I think it's in Nashburg here. Okay. LSU gets 24 against Vandy. Uh, LSU runs them out of their own building. Uh, Vandy, you know, this is my this is my touchstone on this. The year Vandy was good, and like everybody thought they were gonna make a game of it with Alabama. Uh, they got. We were there, and I think what was it, fifty-nine to nothing. Um, yeah, that's you know, it, there's LSU is going to fill that fill that building up, despite it being an early game. Wah wah wah. Um, LSU is going to fill that building up, and it's going to be a home game for LSU. And frankly, I'm afraid of afraid of LSU this year. If they keep doing what they are doing, they're going to beat the holy shit out of Vandy. Whatever. If that number's in the twenties, if that number's in the thirties, I'd take LSU. You. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Just sending a couple messages here because I needed to know if we were in agreement and we are. Uh, Yeah, I would say Joe Burrow for Heisman. But again, we're not going to talk about that until November. 
way, next up is the Weirdo Bowl. Oh. Barn and A and M facing off. Okay. Yeah, Auburn getting, Auburn getting two and a half at home. But first, Gregory, have you heard the news broken by longtime friend of the program, Sports by Brooks, <laughs> who said Jimmy Whoever, the rich guy, the yellow, the yellow wood fella guy, has put the money together for Auburn to buy Bob Stoops. Should Malzahn lose the iron? I saw Wars. that, and honestly, here's my take: Auburn crazy left the gate a little too early this year. Usually, mm. deep into the season, before they're firing off jets to Neverland and pulling their money to do whatever the weird thing it is they're going to do this year, I fear Auburn crazy may peak too early. I like a sto- slow and steady Auburn crazy. Um, but as to the game, I have an opinion. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring, pounding game. Both teams in the game till the end. Both teams will try to run. They can't. Both teams will need their respective starting quarterbacks to rock, and they won't. Mond will be a little better than Nick's because Nick, Nick sort of sucks. Um, A&M special teams will be better, a little bit better. The battle of field goal kickers, something I know absolutely nothing about. Having said all that, this is just the kind of game where Auburn Jesus shows up. So with that, I am hating a Texas weirdo. Barn covers in the last minute. What about you? Yeah, it's just so perfectly guaranteed to be weird, Uh which truly probably means it will be the least weird game ever. But I can so clearly picture both Malzahn and Jimbo Fisher getting carried off on their team's shoulders after some just totally unpredictable, bizarre overtime finish. Uh, I do think it goes into overtime, which is where that three and a half line comes in. I've seen it there also. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I've got to hate a Texas weirdo too. Yeah. I just, I don't know that Auburn's the better team, but I think they're going to pull something out like they do. Yeah. Uh, quickly on the heels of that, Gregory, uh, we have already listened to <laughs> listener Crob give us just a really enthralling question about his UCF Golden Knights. And we do have a Nashville graphic designer bowl this weekend where our new podcast producer, Ian Petty's pit. Panthers are at home plus 10 and a half against Krob's t- uh, Golden Knights. Who are you hating here? Well, you know, I want to I want to take Pitt because C-Rob's done nothing for us. I mean, at least, you know, at, le- at least Petty produces. Um, however, sure. this is honestly the last chance for anybody to beat UCF. Uh, after you look at their schedule after Pitt, and look, Pitt is trash too. But beyond after Pitt, it is a just a cesspool of of of, of filth. Um, so this is the chance for somebody to knock off UCF, and the not the line is twelve and a half. And I'm sorry, UCF's going to beat the holy hell out of Pitt. Sorry there, Petty. Um, it, it's going to be a twenty four point game at least. So uh, yeah, ain't no I Panther. Think- so. <laughs> I think it could be ugly. I I love Coach Nard there in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Uh, has sort of made an imbecile of himself lately. Have to imagine the players aren't thrilled. I'm hating a pit here. Yeah, too. I feel you. All right. Uh, final game before us: the Georgia Bulldogs host the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and the Fighting Irish are getting twelve and a half points. Who you hate here, pal? Oh man, this game is just such a classic. 
sort of Notre Dame letdown. I, I was a little surprised that the line was this big, but actually I still don't think it's big enough. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is ranked maybe number nine or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're up there and have done absolutely nothing to prove their worth. And it's just, I mean, I, I have seen this storyline. My dad saw this storyline. My grandfather saw this storyline. It is a tale as old as college football of Notre Dame being overranked and coming into a, a harder, better, more physical team, getting totally dismantled. Hating the Irish hard here. Yeah. Um, also, it's another blackout in Athens. And I'm not talking about that. Oh, I didn't. I did not know that. It is another blackout in Athens, and I am not talking about that time. I saw REM in 1993. Uh, they are doing the whole all-black thing that worked so well against us. Um, Notre Dame kept it tight in South Bend last year, but um, this is an entirely different Georgia animal um, and I don't think Notre Dame is as good as they were last year. Um, and it kind of feels like our national championship game against Notre Dame in 2012, um, despite there having no edge at any position, people still think it will be close. It won't. Bet the house on my hate of the week. I am hating the Irish right here. Hate of the week, of the week, of the week. By the way, what are you drinking, Gregory? I'm drinking vodka. Just drinking vodka? Yeah, just vodka. Okay. Mm -hmm. Champagne. I thought I would toast my last night on this earth without some sort of metal, steel, titanium thing. You're going under the knife tomorrow. Are you even allowed to drink at this point? You know, I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're not supposed to have anything to eat or drink past midnight. Maybe they didn't point that out to you or just, hey, do what you need to do. Try not, to, you know, try not to aspirate into your lungs or anything. Gregory, if there's anybody who handles their alcohol well the next morning, though, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Sarcasm, kids. That was sarcasm. All right. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Your tide takes on the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles of Hattiesburg. Your tide is a 39-point favorite. Gregory, who you hate? This is a perfect matchup for our for our wide receivers, but this is also a perfect matchup for USM's quarterback and wide receivers, unless our defense somehow improves magically within a week. I expect some improvement, though. I do think we're going to get better because God knows we can't get worse. But we are not going to. Sh- and by the way, I've got an aside. Um, Coach Saban's interview today. I'm a little pissy, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, he was talking about all of the freshmen playing and, you know, they're needing our support. And it was really kind of, he was like, well, I hope our fans will, will get behind our fresh, you know, I'm tired of being criticized by our coach. Do another program in America whose coach criticizes their fans. I haven't seen it, but but frankly, I'm just into it, so I don't okay, know. Yeah, well, you're a masochist, and there's a lot going on there. Uh, anyway, uh, I do expect some improvement for our defense, but not enough to shut them out. I am hating the Tide, and it's worked out for me so far, but I'm barely hating the Tide. Your final score, Alabama 43, USM 17. What about yourself? Interesting. We, we don't typically fall as aligned on these, uh, but I'm right there with you. I think our... 
receivers just have a heyday. We didn't talk about Henry uh, Ruggs the third from last oh. Saturday, but he just looked, alive. He looked like somebody was just I hitting back every time he caught the ball. Yeah, totally faster. I've I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, so he was like me on an ice skating rink. Frankly, it was that sure. impressive. Right, right, yes. Uh, I th- I think he will have a big day. Heisman candidate Jalen Waddle still shows oh, up. Yeah, that 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 conversation will start in November. Don't you worry. Um, I think I think our defense does okay. I am gonna call it actually that we give up the non-offensive touchdown. I hope it's on special teams and not a pick six because I hate me a pick six. I'm gonna say tied fifty-five. Eagles 14. Fair enough. All right. That will do it for this year episode of Houndstooth Heroes. Thank you for joining us as always. Again, you can find us on houndstoothheroes.com, on Twitter at H2Heroes. We're not entirely sure if we're on Facebook, but, you know, we're all about a pyramid scheme, so probably so. As always, thank you to Bo and Elliot and everybody at the City Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for always keeping us in the very good all right, Gregory, I love you. Love you. Charlie Pond, you can go to hell. Roll tight, y'all. Be good. Be good.